Welcome back, everybody, to the Who Do You Like Here podcast. I'm Joey C-Note. With me, as always, is the kid. How you doing today, kid? I'm good. Not too bad. Long week. Yeah, very long week. Right? Yeah. This should be like Friday already. That's what I felt like. I, I felt like yesterday was Thursday. <laughs> and then I found out it was only Tuesday. It's the worst. And today's Wednesday. So, yeah. Yeah, a little bit of a long week. Uh, interesting weekend of horse racing. Uh, some prep races that we covered. Uh, the Holy Bull last week. Mm-hmm. Um, and, of course, we also had the Withers and uh, the Santa Anita. What had, was that? The uh, Robert B. Lewis. Yeah, let's say the Bobby Lewis. Bobby B. <laughs> um, we'll, get, we'll get into those in a minute. But uh, this week, obviously, staying on the prep races, mm-hmm. we'll be going to Tampa. Most of the talents out there, anyway. In Tampa, yeah. So shipping shipping out for the uh, Sam F. Davis, which we're going to cover in the late pick five at Tampa today. Uh, today, so interesting. But uh, going back to last week, mm-hmm. uh, thoughts on the Holy Bull, the race or the card? <laughs> Just the race. Uh, the race uh, was pretty much what I expected out of Johnny V. I think he, like we said, is struggling beyond belief, and yeah. Uh, that ride was very telling. Everybody, I saw everybody posting like, "Oh, he got pinched at the beginning," but I mean, the horse is right there. Wait, I don't think he got him out of the gate <clears throat> as fast as he hustled him out as fast as he should have. He, he should have been caught in that position to begin yeah. with. He's struggling. He, he's having a bad meet, and uh, I don't know if you put another jockey on there if it maybe would have made a difference. Um, I read maybe. I don't even know. I don't even know if I read. I, I think part of it too is the horse just never really fired. You know, fractions weren't anything ridiculous. Um, I, I mean, Paco I, was there the entire time, right with fierceness. The yeah, entire way. Hades was right there the entire way. Fierceness just, yeah, just flattened. Didn't have anything. Didn't have that, anything left. Kick. So yeah. I don't know if maybe coming from the outside and then being pinched, having to hustle up, maybe did take a little bit out of the horse. Maybe. Maybe. I mean, Paco got a real skinny I've trip. Seen, the I've seen worse way, starts. So. I've seen worse starts. I've seen harder bumps getting taken out completely out of a race. I, d- I didn't think that was enough for the caliber of the horse to, to knock that out. Yeah, championship two year old horse. Yeah. You know, horse of the was a two year old of the year, or whatever. Yeah, that last year, yeah. Breeders' Cup. Uh, Atello was a, a big letdown yeah, as well. I mean, size. I don't even know if size was really prepared for that race either. Looked yeah. like he was barely even. I mean, maybe the horse flattened out. I mean. That's what it seemed like, but it also didn't seem like a crazy effort yeah. either for the horse. But congratulations to Paco, I guess, with a great ride. Yeah. Uh, really just battled back and yep. uh, strong, strong stretch run. Let's talk about the card then before we get on to the other prep mm-hmm. races. Uh, so the earlier in the card, pretty spot on. Yeah, we we're pretty close on every race. Yeah. The first three, I, I fucked up that ticket anyways. Did. I, did. Yeah. I, I didn't add your six with Tyler in the fourth leg, <clears throat> but I did single the four in the third leg. Which I thought was pretty, pretty strong on on my picks. I'm like, okay, I got my single in. Mm-hmm. Uh, I should have added your six for sure. I read in the first. Was it the first leg? I'd have to look at the form. Yeah, I can't remember. I mean, we had that one. We had uh, we had the first. We had Jose. Jose yeah. on the nine. Right? Was that the nine? The nine was uh, that or was, was at the race priors. There was a race prior that oh, was okay. Alvarado. That was a nice price, right? Fourteen to one. Um, so fourteen, fifteen to one, whatever it was. So that was, you know, part of our call on the podcast. The four we both liked our Harper Rose. Yep, I think it was. Uh, that one was the single that I had in there, and I didn't add your six with Tyler, which I should have in the next leg. And then uh, the Holy Bull finished it up. 
<clears throat> I did have the one for the third position uh, horizontally. Would have been a stretch to put it in. Yeah, you were sold on the top fierceness. Of this. Yeah. I, I was totally sold yeah. on fierceness. And if I, I was scared, really was Otello and uh, and Hades really just kind of drew off on that. So yeah, I think a lot of people are on Otello as well going into the race. And yeah, the odds reflected again, that. <clears throat> yeah, just didn't again didn't fire. But yeah, so thoughts on Hades Kentucky Derby? If it were to get in points wise, I'm sure they're going to target. I think the Florida mm-hmm. Derby next. Yeah, I don't know if it's enough, if that effort is enough for me to be like, oh, keep your eyes on it. Yeah. Way to Barrio won that race and right. And look what happened. Yeah. You know, so I mean, true. Uh, <clears throat> I'd like to see another race, another race back and see what happens. I, it's too early to tell. But I yeah. mean, if you had to look at the standings today, I guess, which we'll get into as well. Uh, any of the winners from last week really stand out to you besides Nisos, which Nisos, everybody wants yeah. to talk about, which I'm really fucking tired of everybody talking <laughs> about. Nisos is not going to be in the Derby, so. To, to just keep mentioning a horse that's not going to run. Yeah. I mean, that's the only one that I think was really that impressive. Again, it's a California horse, too. Yeah. I don't know how much stock I take into it. You know how we are in California horses I, and yeah. in the times and the competition. And, you know, so be that as it may, I think the horse is still a beast. And probably we'll see post Kentucky Derby. We'll see that horse competing somewhere. Yeah, you're you're gonna see it in a lot of the graded stakes races yep. uh, throughout. It'll be in the Preakness. I was gonna say it'll probably be in the so Preakness. He'll probably do what he did last year. Bob Baffert had one last yep. year, and lo and behold, you know, just gonna highlight uh, uh, the Preakness this year. It's gonna be all about mm-hmm. not who really wins the Derby, but who's gonna face Nisos yep. uh, to try to take a triple crown. So that's kind of what we're gonna get into. The Withers was also really, I mean, if you ask me, kind of a surprise with Uncle Heavy. Mm-hmm. I thought El Grande El Grande Ole was uh, probably the the my choice, uh, second with Carmouche for Linda Rice, ran a great race, but Uncle Heavy. You know, I look at these races. First and foremost, I never really take a lot of horses out of the, the New York prep yeah. races for the Derby. They just don't hold a lot of water anymore. It's kind of really gotten slimmed down for any of the horses that are relevant uh, coming coming from those circuits and those prep races. So wasn't too big on it. Um, but uh, Uncle Heavy winning that race wasn't really uh, was a surprise in the race, but I guess to a lot of people, but uh I, I thought El Grande O still has a lot of uh, potential of any of the horses that ran that race to still be relevant uh, down the road for Derby time. Yeah. I mean, again, too early to say. I, I really don't, uh, you know, it's nice to see these horses. But, yeah, I think it was a little bit of a surprise. I thought uh, I thought El Grande O probably had a better shot. I was surprised, too. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, I guess we'll see. Like I said, it, it's too early for me to, to really feel any one way or the other. You yeah, know, I guess just nothing races. convincing. Nothing convincing came out of any of these races. Uh, the three yeah. last week that no. says, "Oh, here's here's your strong Derby contender." Yeah. At this point, I thought we would have got out of the Holy Bull. I think if Fierceness wins, then you'd probably then you're talking about top, it a little right? bit more. Like, all right, that makes sense. You yeah. know, showing progression and yeah. yeah. But I guess three upsets. I guess if you want to call it in the prep <clears> races, <throat> besides Nisos, which yeah. doesn't matter. Uh, so Fierceness still leading in points, thirty six points. Track Phantom with thirty. Mystic Dan twenty one. Hades moves to twenty points and fourth. Uncle Heavy with the win of the Withers gets twenty points. Locke still sitting at 19 points. Uh, Liberal Arts, 19. Timberlake, 16. Just Steel, which I thought was also a, a good race out for Just Steel. That was a, a very strong race here for Dwayne Lucas. And then uh, El Grande Ole finishes uh, 10th here with 15 points as well. So still a lot of potential. I think out of the top 10, I actually like El Grande Ole. Um, and I'm kind of questioning fierceness at this point. Yeah, I'm definitely questioning fierceness. I'm not, uh, I'm questioning every horse on here. I yeah. mean, like I said, it's, it'll be interesting once we get closer to it, you know, um, once we get closer to the bell, who, who will go with and, and who actually stands out. But, um, I feel like it's a lot more even this year, too, in my opinion. 
right? There's like, there's no true, I mean, again, very early, but yeah, no true favorites in the race, yeah. you know, in, in the standing. So, well, when your Breeders' Cup juvenile winner gets buried in yeah. third and yeah. doesn't fire, it really starts to question it, really doesn't have anything that's the one that would set yeah. it out and be like that's the front runner like no superstar world. horses you know no big horses yeah. that are coming out that are you know blowing everybody's socks away you know so it'll be yeah. interesting maybe we'll see one over the weekend maybe we'll see a, a monster over the weekend i don't know but we're gonna see one that was scratched at, on holy bull day which is mm-hmm. uh agate road yeah yeah we'll see if uh when we get to that race where you're sitting on it uh different standpoint from where i was last week to this week but we'll get into that um what else going on? Anything else on your end? Um, not really. Uh, pretty pretty quiet week for horse racing, I think, in general. Um, for me, in general, I'm just trying to get through this long ass week and <laughs> onto the weekend and big uh, a couple big uh, guests coming on in the next couple of weeks. I don't think we need to drop who we're who we're having yet, but. Yeah, we've got, we've got some busy weeks here coming up. Uh, it's kind of exciting. It usually gets this way right around this time mm-hmm. as we start going into preps in February, March, and April. Yep. Um, get a lot of great guests coming on, and uh, should be some interesting conversations leading up to Derby Day. So, uh, yeah, it's kind of the time of the year for it. Yeah, yeah. One very, very good pull, and uh, obviously we've got, um, you know, we, we've had a lot of people on here, but this is one that we've been talking about, I think, about for a long time. So, yeah, excited from a jockey standpoint. I guess I'll give you a little a teaser from a <laughs> jockey standpoint. We've got uh, somebody very, very interesting, new and uh, a bigger name coming on. Yeah. You know, pretty good to say there and teaser. And then, uh, yeah, some fun interviews. It might be that. a two hour episode. Could be. Could be. I mean, I'm sure we could probably talk to him for hours if we wanted to, but probably. But we'll we'll keep his time in mind. Yeah, uh, for sure. Come through it. So, uh, so we, uh, we, we've got, like I said, some big guests coming up. We got some big weeks coming up too. When it comes to prep races, obviously we have the Sam F Davis this week, risen stars the week after Sunland Derby. I'm good on that one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm good on that race. Yeah. We can skip the yeah, Sunland Derby. You want to ignore that, skip one, that one? Yeah, we can, we can skip that one. Yep. And then a uh, big guest for the rebel. Yep. Uh, and uh, then we hit March and we start hitting the big ones with the Gotham Fountain of youth and et cetera. So, yep. Start picking speed up in the following months. Yeah, covering a lot of races uh, on multiple weeks uh, or multiple races per week sometimes as we get through some of these prep races. But this is the time of year. Kind of get excited and geared up for Kentucky Derby Day. Yep. And, yep. It'll be nice to fill that void between football ending and then, you know, March Madness, right? So you're just filling that couple week yeah. gap, you know, because yeah. it gets pretty It's pretty, pretty sad bland. Yeah. I, I was kind of bored as fuck last year. Yeah, I'm, I'm not a huge fan of the, the Pro Bowl. No, I mean, I never was like a huge fan, but like when the Pro Bowl actually was like guys playing, yeah. you know, actually like hitting each other. Yeah, it was cool. You know, the best guys going against each other with a chip on their shoulder. And then now it's like, you know, well, let's all come out there wearing bucket hats and <laughs> no, yeah. run uh, no pads. the Philly special every single time for yeah. our flag football flag game. Football. I'm good on that. I'm out on that. I think it's stupid. I think, I, think it, I think, wasn't it Sean Taylor that laid out that kicker? Yeah, the punter. punter. Yeah. Just laid him out. Yeah. Someone murdered the guy. Yeah. <laughs> Ever since then, it's been, uh, it's, it's, it's been a different show for the, the yeah. football. There's nothing at stake. No, zero, nothing. That's why it's like, I, I think for like, you know, <clears throat> I don't think it is for baseball anymore either, but like, it wasn't like baseball it used to be like home field advantage. Yeah, right? National League or American National League versus American League. Now it's not anymore. I think it's, I think it's 
I think it still is I think it? that still holds. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think it still holds. Like same thing with the basketball. The basketball is trash, right? It's just you know it's a weird Garbage. format, and it's let's put up two hundred and fifty points in yeah, a game. Play no defense. No defense. Like again, I think all of these games should determine where the game is going to be played. Something. You know. Yeah. So that's my two cents on it. I'd watch it a lot more if it meant something. You can clearly see it doesn't mean anything. Yeah. Nobody cares. So I'm I'm out on that. But I guess who do you think is going to win the Super Bowl before we uh, jump into the handicapping portion here. Well, I is a big Sunday for football. I'm going to say that uh, just going on, you know, kind of merit and record Kansas city holds the advantage being in the playoffs and super bowls for so many years in the last five years. I think they just have more experience at that than, than San Francisco Mm -hmm. does. I'm not saying that they're not equal in talent, I think it's going to be actually a lot of running, which is probably going to be a really boring uh, <laughs> yeah. Super Bowl, if you ask me. If it's just McCaffrey and Pacheco just going off and uh, and running and getting a shit ton of yards and touchdowns, I hope it gets to be a little bit of a scoring fest. I hope it's a little more back and forth. But I think I think just on that alone, I got to go with Kansas City. Not that I want Kansas City. Mm-hmm. I actually want San Fran to win. But I mean, if I'm putting my money somewhere, it's going to go in Kansas City. Yeah, I mean, I've been. I've been asking everybody and I've been listening to everything and trying to see where everybody's going. And every, even though the, the Vegas odds are reflecting that San Francisco is the favorite. Yeah. Kansas city is the underdog. What's the spread? Nice two. Uh, I don't know. I haven't looked. I think it was two, uh, early in the week. San Fran minus two. I have to look. I, I don't okay. know, but okay. you, you might be right. But, uh, everybody's been saying Kansas city. And that makes me think it's going to be San Francisco. Yeah, I like you go contrarian on it. Because, I mean, everybody and their mom is saying Kansas City. Yeah. Everybody. Everybody I've asked is like, Kansas City, Kansas City. I was on Kansas City. I said the first. I said it before we even drafted the fantasy football. I said Kansas City is always a team that you always, if you can get them at value, right? I mean, every single year they're good. And lo and yeah. behold, they make it to the Super Bowl every year, it feels yeah. like. Right. It's like, again, yeah, we're, we're coming England. in strong, had a couple yeah. losses. Yep. It's but, the New England effect. They they look like dog shit going into the playoffs. Yeah. Right. But then as soon as the playoffs start, they game plan, they game scheme. Everything is just to a T and yeah. they play the best football and they make it to the Super Bowl. They're the, Same the, the Miami Heat of yeah. football. Miami Heat, uh, what, eight seed or yeah, 20 like, seed, whatever it is. That it, it's just, awesome. yeah, and that's how it, it rolls out. So I was high on Kansas City ever since, but then... Now everybody's on Kansas City, and everybody keeps talking about you know Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift and thirteen and the number and how it's you know all these numbers add up to thirteen and combinations yeah. of numbers are thirteen. I'm like, okay, now I'm on Kansas City. Yeah, I, I, I mean, got I'm no, on San Francisco. I've got no stake in the game. Yeah, I, my heart doesn't rely on either one of them. I don't care who wins the yeah. game, but if I'm putting my money, I'm going to go with the experience. I guess over. that's where I landed. That's where I thought too. Yeah, but then again, I was like, okay, last time they they played right. Kansas City got the job done. San Francisco lost. Right. I, yeah. I don't know. Same. This game is 50-50. I think the odds are going to swing into San Francisco's side. So I think San Francisco, after listening to everybody say Kansas City, I think it's going to be San Francisco. Well, if we're talking, let, let's let's break it down. As far as quarterback, I'd say Mahomes has the edge between yep. the two. If we're talking running backs, I'd say San Fran has the edge. Definitely. Slightly over Pacheco because he has been strong since he came back towards the end of the season and in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Wide receiver talent, San Fran all day. Mm-hmm. Tight end. Really close, but got to go Kansas City. Mm-hmm. It really comes down not to the offensive side, but to the defensive side. And the only downside I saw, like when they were like breaking down, I watch a lot of analysts and everybody giving their fucking opinion on everything. But the one thing I did take is that they're the one primary defensive back for Steed. Kansas City. Yes. Yeah. He's only going to be able to cover one player. Yeah. I mean, he'll probably be on Debo. I, I, I would think he'd be on Debo, but I mean, that would mean that Ayuk, you know, uh, Kittle underneath. 
Uh, and then I mean, obviously McCaffrey, you know, if he gets, if he does get any catches out of the backfield, but I mean, as far as wide receiver core goes, I mean, just talent overall, San Fran does have the edge coaching wise. I don't know. Shan- Andy Reid. Reed. Andy Reid probably. Reed's, Reed's got way more tricks up his sleeve, I think, and really knows how to read uh, opponents very well and play and play them close. Like you said, playoff football for Kansas City is totally different. Shanahan, I think, uh, blew a lead with, uh, you know, <laughs> one of the biggest leads in football, but in uh, Super Bowl history. But yeah, he did blow that lead with uh, Dan Quinn's bitch ass. Yeah, well, Quinn's in Washington now. So, but uh, yeah, I, I think, uh, like I said, just touching on it because I'm sure some people are are going to be betting. I, I know people are going to be betting, obviously. So yeah, obviously. Uh, any prop bets that you're really strong on? Oh, um, I like. Uh, I always like the Gatorade. You like the Gatorade? I like the Gatorade, Gatorade color. color, the Gatorade uh, when they dump it. I think it's going to be orange. Really? Red would be common, right? Red would be too common. Red's got to be low. We need odds. an inside man. You need an inside man that's been like one of the water boys, <laughs> right? Like, he's just like, hey, you know. Bro, it's, I saw, saw the package. Last year was grape, I think. I think it was purple last year. Really? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was like purple last year, some obscure color. Yeah, I'm going to uh, I'm gonna go with blue. I think I'm going to go with blue. Red would be too obvious. Yeah, red's way too obvious. That's both, both teams. Or color. water. Some people just say water. You know, like clear water is. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, coin coin toss last year. I think I had a hundred dollars on the coin flip because I had all that free money. Yeah. So I had like I just kept putting all the DraftKings money on the coin flip. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what are you going this year at coin flip? Heads. Okay, I'll I'll take tails. Yeah. I like taking tails every every. Uh, I took tails last year. It was tails last year. Yep. I'm gonna um, stick with tails. First touchdown score. Yeah. What? Uh, where are you going on that? I think. Let's go. This. Who gets the ball first? Hmm. I think San Francisco. I think San Francisco also. And then I think the first touchdown score is yep. going to be the very dramatic pause right now. I yeah, think. I think it's going to be Brandon Ayuk. Brandon Ayuk. Yeah, I think Rishi Rice. That's what I was going to originally. I was thinking, but I was like, I don't know. I think I think San Fran's going to come out scoring right. Yeah, away. I think San Fran's going to drive and get a field goal. They're going to stall out. Or it's going to be like three and punt, and then KC comes. Yeah. KC scores on their first initial possession a lot. Yeah, they come out and score a touchdown, not even a field goal. They score touchdowns on a high clip yeah. on first possession, and it just takes the wind out of the sails, and and you're already playing from behind uh, for the opposing team. So, kind of an interesting play there. So, I I think San Fran's going to get the ball, but I think first touchdown will be Rishi. Yeah, I think I wish DraftKings had the uh, over under on the national anthem too. A time frame? <laughs> yeah, they used to. Do, I mean, some. I think some books do have it, but um, they they used to time it, and then they yeah. do the over and under and how long the national anthem was from mm-hmm. start to finish. So yeah. that that's Nothing always out. a fun one. But I didn't see that on there. When who's I was do looking. you do even know who's doing it? That has a lot to do with it. Um, it's that one country chick that had her own show. Uh, Red hair. Um, Older lady, yeah, Reba, Reba, yeah, Reba McIntyre. Pretty sure, yeah. No shit, I'm almost positive. Yeah. Oh man, she can drag Uh, it out, man. So, team to win the coin toss, yeah. Who do you got? Uh, Team to win the coin toss will be San Fran, and they're going to take the ball. Yeah, that's what I think too. Yep. Yep. They got the Gatorade. So, purple is plus two twenty five. Yellow, green is plus three hundred. Orange is plus three hundred. Blue is plus three fifty. Red is plus three fifty. Clear is plus a thousand. No Gatorade bath. Um, is plus sixteen hundred. <laughs> All right, I'll stick. I'll stick with the blue. Uh, coaches challenge first co- uh, team to use the first coaches challenge. Kansas City. Uh, they are minus one fifteen, and San Francisco is minus one hundred five. Okay, yeah, I say Kansas City, and that's going to be to help them offensively, probably. Yeah. Um, number so jersey number of the first touchdown score over under twenty two and a half. 
Under. And then jersey number of the last touchdown score over under. That's tough. That's got to be over. Uh, that's tough. I would I would expect that to be like San Fran. Yeah, but all these, and it, it kind of sucks because all these guys have like low numbers. Yeah, he's eleven, too. right? Yeah, yeah. Debo is nineteen. Nineteen. It's got to probably under for both. Then I would think. <laughs> if you're thinking San, you're thinking uh, Kelsey or Kittle are probably going to score the last one. McCaffrey. McCaffrey is thirty. Is he thirty? Is he thirty? Is he thirty? I don't even know. You know, back in my day, you're, there were only certain numbers you can get for positions. Now you can get whatever number you want. Like wide receivers were all in the eighties. You know, Mark Clayton, Mark Duper. Everson Wall. 23. Like, he's 23. 23. No so. wonder why it's at 22 and a half. Do you oh, think yeah. he's going to score or not? <laughs> is it going to be McCaffrey or the field? Be, yeah. Basically is what they're asking. That's really yeah. what it comes down to. And I guess Kittle. Yeah. Kittle, Kittle and McCaffrey would be your your top, your two over. Kittle's 87. Yeah. So those would be the two over. Kelsey's 87. Uh, for San Fran. Oh, for San Fran. Yeah. yeah. We're talking last touchdown score, which I think would be San Fran. Yeah, I mean, I think the the last one would be a passing touchdown. Who it's going to be too? I have no idea. Most likely, right? Yeah. But I mean, defensive score. Then again, too. they could score could be a defensive score, but they could score that with ten minutes to go and then no score the rest of the yeah. game, but field True. goals. So, True. you know, a lot of strategy yeah. getting involved. So there's in there's a lot of prop bets on there. I'm I'm surprised DraftKings only has that many though. I feel like there's way more that that could be had. Uh, I'm sure there's more out there from other books, but maybe they're going to add more as time goes on. Yeah. Maybe Last year I didn't even there. get to bet on the Gatorade. They took it off for some reason. Really? Yeah. I think you went down to the casino for that, didn't you? Uh, no, I went to Illinois. Oh, you did? Yeah. Okay. Took a stroll to Illinois. <clears throat> Super Bowl specials. There you go. Oh, length of the longest. Oh, there you go. You can go. Here they are. Oh, you found it? Yeah. <laughs> you little, just unveiled some more. Yeah. Yeah, there's, there's a whole bunch. But yeah, I mean, it, it is always just fun to, yeah. to d- divulge yourself into those. Yeah, I saw a couple uh, uh, that I did like as far as like a uh, number of carries. Uh, rushing attempts. Yeah, those are the standard, like, over-under yeah. receptions. I mean, Kelsey, I'm sure yeah. he was at, like, five and a half again. Ah, I think he was at seven. I want to say he was at seven to seven and a half Last week, or the, two weeks ago, he was at, like, five and a half, and he beat that in the first quarter. Yeah, I mean, so. that's, that's piss-pounding the shit out of him. I mean, thank God for us. We got him in the fantasy for yeah, right. the whole season, but... Yeah, lots of lots of prop, prop bets out there. You can go ahead and you can probably figure out. Uh, and now they got all these Taylor Swift ones out here. Yeah, like, come on, man. That's not this is what they have to do for it. Somehow they have to incorporate right, like some fun stuff on 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 horse racing cards. You know, they got to do something here. I mean, like mm. betting the horses is fun, but you know, like you know, Kentucky Derby, like Kentucky Derby, team up with a, a sports book or whatever, and then like. What do you think the predominant color of the silks are going to be, or something yeah. of the winning jockey, or time of the race? Uh, which post for the Kentucky or for the card is going to have the most wins, right? Which post position? Yeah, one through um, three, four through yeah. seven. Like something, you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. pick a trainer that's going to uh, win first. Or, you know, like all these different little props that you could throw in on a card. Totally, I would do it. I mean, that does, it would make it a lot more. That fun. does bring in uh, those. Those sports bets, yeah. Those or if, I mean, I guess you can do that already. I was going to say parlay all your picks, but you can do that at the pick two, or pick three, <laughs> do, daily it's double, pick yeah. six, <laughs> pick six, pick five, pick four, whatever you want. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I mean, if you could, if you could do like uh, race one, race seven, race ten, and parlay them together, you know what I'm saying? Get the app, get the app fired up, man. Yeah, I know. I've got all these crazy ideas. You yeah. know, it's just I don't have the the capital. Yeah. To, if anybody has any technology on putting this app together for. Uh, uh, for horse racing, yeah. you've got the capital to start up a website, and you've got the interest and knowledge in how to start an app and/or website. Let me know. Hit me in the DMs. We will team up, and I will give you all my ideas. There you go. And we'll split the profits 
80 20 my way. <laughs> <laughs> They're million dollar ideas, by the way. They are. You they do are, have some yeah. great ideas. I'll give hey, you that. 200 grand sounds pretty nice to me. Plus your investment back. I'll give you your investment back. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah. Once you're, once you're clean and you know, clear of your investment, yeah. then you get the 200 grand and then I get the rest, you know. Multi multi million dollar. Yeah, right. multi million dollar. Uh, yeah, good stuff. Should yep. be uh, should be an interesting and fun week of football. Then, however, football's over, and then it's a uh, it's strictly all about horse. Then it's horse racing. Happens. Then we peter over to March Madness for a couple of weeks, and then we come back to horse racing. Yeah, I, I was starting to look at that uh, that concept here. Is that we're you know we're in week two here at February, and it gives us like two more weeks, and then. Uh, March Madness is the third week, so we're about five weeks away from March Madness. Mm-hmm. Uh, championship weeks in about four weeks. Time to start making your moves mm-hmm. in the NCAA if you're trying to make it to the big dance. I was watching some of the games just this weekend, and there to me there was no strong favorite in that either. Uh-uh. Uh, I mean, I think we had top. I know we had top two, one and two, both lose in the same day to unranked. So it's just really one of these another one of these crazy years. I think we can, I think we can get the all time high. <laughs> at the uh, Calcutta this year auction for NCAA. That would be nice. I think so. I think we could top last year's record. But. <laughs> so lots of fun stuff coming up here, uh, obviously in, in the sports world. But we're going to focus on we're going to focus on trying to take down this uh, this late pick five over at Tampa. Uh, looked at the weather. Got's kind of nice down there in Florida. Yeah, it's a lot nicer than here. Tampa's got the real nice weather. It's not bad here, though. I'll I was going to say, 50 50s. degrees is not bad. 50 is not bad for the second week of February. Not bad at all. But it uh, looks like it's going to be pretty dry. They caught some rain in uh, southern Florida. But as far as Tampa's concerned, it looks sunny and dry for the remainder of the week. So we should be staying on the turf, and uh, everything should run fast and firm. So let's head over to Tampa. Let's go ahead and handicap this late pick five, starting in the seventh race. Seventh race is a six furlongs. It's the Minaret Stakes, purse of $50,000 for Phillies and Mares, four years old and up. It's a very difficult race. I had to like decipher where I really wanted to see from a pace perspective. On, and I don't watch enough Tampa from Speed. the bias. And I know you got to be out. And you need front. to be close to the front. It's yeah. very similar to Gulfstream, I feel. But I wasn't sure about the turf because the turf has been um, mid-pack, even, even farther back for... Uh, for Gulfstream. Yes, I think turf is also, you don't have to be as close, right? You want to be stalking um, within striking distance. Okay. Very similar to Gulfstream, I think. Um, But dirt, for sure, you are, I mean, you want to be close. You want to be very close to Okay. Right, if well, not in the lead. It's kind of the way I was handicapping. I was trying to look and see what the the track, uh, you know, the biases here that they have uh, on the forum. But uh, sometimes it always doesn't tell the tale. But I'm going to go with the three in this race. I do like the three, which is unifying. This is Junior Alvarado for Riley Mott. I'll tell you this. For Junior and when Riley Mott and Junior Alvarado team up, like, I don't know what it is. He had one today. That connection has been really, really hot lately. I mean, they've got 31% on 13 connections. It feels like it's more than that, or I'm just seeing all the winners when they come through. But I like unifying, cutting back in the distance from the mile last time out in an ungraded stakes race of 125,000. That one was at Gulfstream Park. Now we're going back over to Tampa and we're cutting back to six for a long. So I do like the back to the sprint distances where most of its speed figures and its highest career speed figures have been born. Uh, looking back at June and then the break it was a really good run first time out after the break. I wasn't really complaining about it at all. thought it was pretty straightforward, only four lengths off at the end. And I think you're going to get a better ride this time out. Uh, coming from junior last time was uh, Irate Ortiz. 
Uh, I do like the one underneath. So I'm going to put the three on top. I do like the one underneath Dream Dream Concert. This was a tough one to get off of. This was my second choice for Antonio Gallardo. I like the speed figures last two times out. Another one cutting back after going the route, going back to sprint. And Kathleen O'Connell has a couple of them in here. And this is one I think that really has a live shot. The horse has been really consistent since it got off the turf and has been running strictly on the dirt. Prior to that, earlier in the year, was really, really strong as well. So I got to have the one on the ticket. I think the five is interesting, Dreaming of Snow. I do like Sammy Camacho at Tampa. It's usually a track where he dominates. Another one with a cutback and a bullet workout last time out, which is June, January 24th at Tampa. Four furlongs of 47 to four. Horses in really, really good shapes. Probably going to be your speed. And that even, you know, looking at the card here overall, Flag Woman probably with Paco, who's shipping it from Gulfstream Park, has a shot also with the seven. Moving up in class a lot, but, uh, you know, still has a shot from the time wise and perspective. So tough race for me to start this off with, but I like the three and the one with the five seven. Um, you must have been reading off my form because I also have the three. Um, I have the unifying. Uh, so obviously, Junior Alvarado and Riley Mott. Riley Mott is Bill Mott's son. Um, yep. So obviously, there's no uh, no issue with familiarity uh, in that connection, right? I think the the apple doesn't fall far from the tree there. So uh, it's a connection, like you said, that's been red hot. I'm going to take it on top. I think it's the best connection right now, um, as you saw over the weekend. I also like that last workout, right, leading into our two workouts ago. Uh, two workouts ago, and you see a 35 and five or 35 and three on the card, which you don't see very often. So this horse definitely has some uh, ability to go out to the front if need be, or sit back but have enough juice left in in the tank so I'm, I'm with you on the three on top there and then i also had the one i think uh kathleen o'connell is a, a, a trainer you need to keep your eye on um Absolutely. She, she does very very well especially at tampa especially at these tracks Antonio Gallardo teaming up here with her um, on a horse that he's very familiar with as well. A horse that looks like it's kind of got seconditis a little bit, right? The last two starts, but was right there near the front. Um, just could not get the head down first. So I have that horse underneath. And I also have the five, like you mentioned. I think it's going to be very difficult for me to keep Sammy Camacho off the card all day. He is the man down there in Tampa. This is his track. This horse is going to go to the front. It's probably going to be the leader. I just think the other two are going to catch him. If not, he might hold on to second place. So I'm sitting here with you. I have the three with the one five as well. Yeah. Uh, the five trainer, uh, Gerald Bennett also having a fantastic meet at Tampa Bay teams up with Sammy. It's just as strong yep. as Kathleen O'Connell and, and Gallardo. They're just lights out at that track. So probably want to go with the high statistics here. So, uh, I think we're seeing the same things here. Yep. So let's move on. The, the interesting thing for me, though, is that supposedly at Tampa at this track, when you're running these sprint races for six furlongs, favorites are only winning at 17%. That's yep. a low number. Mm -hmm. That's a very low number for favorites. Mm -hmm. uh, hitting the board at 67. So you got to put the favorite somewhere uh, if you're doing your verticals, second yep. or third, somewhere in the try or in the exacta. But I mean, the win percentage is extremely low. You don't you'd normally see 17% on sprint races, yeah. but you do here. So something to keep in mind when you're looking at the favorites come Saturday. So we got the eighth race, same statistic here, 70% favorite win this race at six furlongs. It's six furlongs. It's the Pelican Stakes, the purse of $100,000 for four-year-olds and upwards. I did like the eight in this one as my top pick. This is a race that I, I'm going to go with Caramel Chip. A lot of success for this horse when racing against four-year-old and upwards. Three-year-old and upwards, it's had success as well, don't get me wrong, in a lot of those allowance races that you're seeing from Parks and Saratoga and Keeneland. But, I mean, when it's running against four-year-olds four and up, off-track, straight-track, fast-track, this horse has been pretty much on point. Now, you are getting Jose Ortiz on this horse. He's ridden him a bunch of times with success and without success. But looking at the way the pace and the race should, should set up, 
I'm looking at more of like a sitting off pace here, uh, maybe in the two, three hole. It's going to have the outside position, hustle up, and then just sit. Just don't park them too far out. But it's going to be a wide trip. I still think it's going to be okay for this horse. Moving up in class for sure, uh, and you should get a decent price. The February 2nd workout of four furlongs at 49 and one is a nice supporting factor that it should be up close and near the front, which is where it needs to be for it to be able to win. So I'll take caramel chip on top. Uh, to win this race. Now, underneath, it's kind of a crapshoot. I'll take the two Nakatomi with Tyler Gaffleone. Unbelievable speed figures, hard to look away from it, and the class running in the Breeders' Cup Sprint, the Phoenix, as well as the Commonwealth and the Tom Fool. And those are the races that were against four-year-olds and up, and it has a little less success, so that's why I put it in the second hole. Three-year-olds and ups was doing a lot better. Uh, I think the four also has a chance. Super Ocho, that's with Marco Manessis. This is one for Amador Sanchez. And I do like Mish also against Sammy Camacho for Safi Joseph in this case. Another front-running horse that's moving up in class uh, with some good speed times and workouts as of late. So give me the eight on top. Probably at a bit of a price with the two, four, five. Uh, so I, I struggled um, in this race. And I, I think I'm probably, if I'm going to be honest, I'm probably going to land on the two as my top choice. Makes sense. Um, I'm looking at those last two races, right? And you're looking at a grade one and a grade two race. And you're going against Elite Power, who's a monster. Gunite, yep. who's a monster. You only lost by two lengths. Yeah. I look at the next or the race before that. You lost a hoist of gold. Yeah, as a beaten favorite. Yep. And Nakatomi came in second. Bango came in third. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm looking at that, and then I'm looking at these horses in this field, and I don't know if I see a Gunite, a uh, an Elite Power caliber horse yeah. in this race. Um, so I think that this horse was just kind of a victim of cir- circumstance, right? Couldn't get the job done because it's going against the toughest of tough. Um, I think that with this class, with this field, um, is probably going to be a heavy favorite, probably should be the heavy favorite. And it's probably going to be the horse I play on top if I'm looking to just cash a ticket. Right. Yeah. Um, I, I hate going to get the short price, but I think that this horse is obviously much the best. The other one that I was petering between um, is the five. I think that uh, Mish with Sammy Camacho, the Safi Joseph connection, right? I think that horse has shown the last three starts as very capable of a really, a really big run. Um, take everything in consideration, right? Though, again, the class um, and the type of races this horse has been running just obviously is going to be going up against a lot heavier, yeah, tougher, tougher. Yeah. So I, I like the trip that Sammy's probably going to give this horse. I like Safi Joseph, obviously. I like the, the trainer aspect of it, but I, I think that again, I think very much the best Nakatomi should win this race decisively. And if they don't, um, then I'm questioning Wesley Ward and what he's doing with this horse, because that's, that's crazy if this horse doesn't win. So I've got the five or uh, the two on top underneath. I've got the five and then I also had your eight. I thought your eight for everything you said is going to be a very interesting horse here. Again, you look at the class. So, and that's the only thing that keeps me from putting this horse on top. Yeah. Very good form. Um, two of the last three, right? I mean, if, three of the last four, if you mm-hmm. look at it, um, with different jockeys, doesn't really matter. Uh, gets the job done, very consistent in what it's doing, running very solid speed figures consistently throughout its career. Um, everything you said, I- I'm with you on the eighth there, but I- again, I think Nakatomi should blow away the field. And if it doesn't, I'm going to be very upset. It, it, the two makes a lot of sense. I think for, for the eight, Jose D'Angelo is probably hoping for a, a monsoon to hit right before the race. Yeah. The horse is unbelievable when it comes to slop and mud and has actually three wins out of the last four races have been on off track. Caramel Chip's probably strong enough mm-hmm. to be able to compete on a fast track, and it has shown in the past. 
Uh, we'll just see how that works out. Uh, I was surprised that we both left off Sibelius. Uh, yeah, that was the other one I probably the, would add underneath just the, if I'm the, looking the, at it. Yeah, the form just hasn't really done well. Horses have been getting out and just been fading out, uh, except for the last race, which was the Mr. Prospect there. It's a field of nine uh, at Gulfstream Park, which was decent. What is the odds on favorite? But the competition in that race was subpar. And uh, I think what you got here is a stronger field than what he's seen, but not nowhere near the field uh, that... Nakatomi has mm-hmm. so class wise it's Nakatomi and it's Sibelius. Let's I'm just trying to beat the favorite and I'm trying to go with like the eight and uh or Mish, the mm-hmm. five that we both like, uh possibly, you know, coming up at a price. I still think Super Ocho possibly has a good opportunity as well. But. Yeah, I think there's a lot of horses that probably could step up here, right? And and yeah. probably win. I just don't know if I necessarily see that happening. I think it can happen. Um, you know, you can see it happen, but I don't know if I really believe it's going to, if I think that you know, if I'm really trusting what Nakatomi is, I don't know if it's going to be that much of a competition. Yeah. No, I got you. What's the uh, the saying from the in the pumped up movie? Mark Wahlberg and The Rock. Oh, I don't know. He's got a whole bunch of one liners in there. <laughs> if you believe it or something. What the hell's the line? Uh, I'm going to have to look Something with the up. universe yeah, or something well, like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah well, I don't know. I don't know. I'll have to look that up. But uh, you just got to believe in it. And I believe that the, <laughs> the favorite could possibly actually get beat here. Nakatomi's probably going to be their chalk. Ninth race, mile and a 16th on the turf. It's a maiden race. Nice plug one right in the middle here. A nice 53,000 maiden race uh, for three-year-olds. This one, I'm going to have to box all four. I couldn't take just one one horse on top. I've got four that I'm going to keep in the... Uh, in the horizontal. I like the one actually stents and statins. Uh, this one had one time out at 137,000 dropping in class only got a 68 speed figure, but a pretty even race for Flavian Pratt, uh, in the saddle at Saratoga back on September 3rd. It's been a little bit of a break, decent workouts. Um, let's just give it a shot with a, you know, second, uh, first time Lasix. I like the five Bella rights with Jose Ortiz workouts have been outstanding. This is for Shug McGahee, uh, out of constitution. I like this horse a lot. First timers are pretty high statistic with that sire and dam, uh, gossiper with junior Alvarado. This is for Bill Mott this time. First time Lasix is the eight. I like that one too. Second time out. I think it's a good opportunity. Last time on the turf at a mile and the 16th. Uh, we'll see how he does again at a mile and 16th on the turf, 53,000 instead of 70. And the last one I like is the 10. That's uh, Gabriel Maldonado. This one's for uh, Gerald Bennett, again, who's having a great meet, uh, 20% in the win column. She's so sexy. This horse has uh, all the good signs of being able to go out and uh, possibly either press or take the lead and wire the field. First time Lasix, last time out, came in second just by uh, three lengths, two and a quarter, actually. Did get claimed, and now it's in uh, Gerald Bennett's hands. So Gregory Sacco had him last. We'll see exactly how this horse does. First time in the new barn, but uh, really too tight. Uh, too much for me to be able to call. A lot of opportunities. 30% favorite win in this race at this track at this distance. But give me the four-horse box so I don't have to worry about it. The top four, I see. One, five, eight, ten. Yeah, like uh, the quote is, if if I think I deserve it, the universe will oh, serve it. That's it, yeah. <laughs> if I think I deserve it, the universe will serve it. There you go. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I'm with you on the 10. Um, I'm with you on another horse, too. But I think the 10 is uh, by far my favorite. I think that this horse, the one thing I love about this horse, number one, is it's going to go to the front. It got very... Uh, it got a really good trip and very successful trip last time out. Yeah, it ended up faltering at the end. But the one thing that this horse has that a lot of horses and most horses don't have in this field is it's gone to two turns and it's gone the distance. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think that's a huge, huge, huge 
a notch in its belt. I think that horses that don't go the distance or don't go the two turns are going to struggle, um, which makes me a little bit hesitant on taking a first-time starter on top. I want somebody with a little bit of promise showing um, as well as experience under their belt. So I landed on the 10 as my top choice for everything you said and for what I just said there. Um, I have the three underneath, uh, Daniel Centeno. He's going to find a win somewhere on this card. Um, he's a jockey that I followed and I, I like, and I, I, uh, I see him working very hard. I think that he's going to have this, uh, this horse primed up and ready to go. I like the breeding, the good magic breeding. It's a, it's a very, maybe it's just a feel good for me because of mage and, and the breeding that we looked at before. Sure. Um, but I think the workouts have been pretty good, pretty solid, very consistent. I think that this horse from the breeding standpoint, um, is going to be able to handle the surface, um, and the distance. Like I said, I just don't know if it's going to handle the two turns, but I think we'll be coming late. I think we'll be right there. Um, I also like the five, as you mentioned, I think that, um, bell of rights with Jose Ortiz, he's, I'm, I'm curious to see if Jose is going to have a quiet day or not. Um, yeah. If he's going to come out there swinging or if he's going to have maybe one, one big win on the card, two big wins, maybe um, see what he re- really, really does um, coming here to Tampa. But again, um, from a breeding standpoint, right. I think the turf is not going to be an issue. Very consistent trainings and, and the times that you're seeing there, you're also seeing some pretty solid bullets, right? 48 and one on the turf. Um, you see 50 and two 38, like all these things that I like to see what I'm, you know, seeing going into a race like this. Yeah. And Shug McGee, he's obviously going to have this horse ready and primed and ready to go. You know, he's a, he's a great trainer and does very well. So I think this is a good connection also to keep on the card, maybe underneath, maybe not to win, but maybe underneath. So I landed on the 10 with the three, five. Yeah. The go back to your three Aquilina with Daniel Santano. This is an interesting horse here too. At first for a first time starter, uh, if you're looking from the breeding side of things, I mean, the dam alone has three starters with mm-hmm. two wins and one stake winner. Yep. And, uh, and then going back to the 10, as you said, it's got the apprentice 113 pounds, you know? Yep. So that's kind of a, it's kind of an added little plug here. Sammy Camacho gets off the mound here and makes a move and, uh, and lets the, uh, the apprentice take over here with the new barn change. So, I don't know how much I really like it, but I'm going to mention it here that Catholic boy has, you know, one of his Phillies actually running in this race with Kevin Gomez. It's our prayer. It's number six. I always like Catholic boy. And they bred this one with a kitten, uh, kittens joy mare, which is sisterhood. And that mare's got uh, three starters, three winners and two stakes winners. Mm-hmm. So kind of interesting from the breeding standpoint that they could have a, a, a sleeping kind of giant here with our prayer. Um, I don't know what the price is going to be, but uh, I'm going to keep an eye on that six also uh, when it comes down to uh, post time. So when you get the bug boy, and that, that's a good point. When you get the bug boy on you, how much do you think that makes a difference? So I, I really do from think it weight, makes a considerable difference. I think the weight aspect, I think it also depends on the bug boy, right? So, I mean, we're talking about Gabriel Maldonado, who for the year is 103 miles, 17 wins. So he's winning at 70%. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's pretty, pretty high good. For, that's for that's a pretty good. Yeah. 20% um, is like the yeah above average or just above average, I'd say. Sure. I mean, 103 mounts is uh, pretty solid for an apprentice. And I think that's, that is an advantage. Mm -hmm. And I I think uh, any apprentice that gets on any horse is an advantage. Um, People go, what's a, what's a handful of pounds? Handful of pounds can make a lot of difference. That's what I'm asking. On the back of a horse. Cause like, do you think in that last race, right? They saw, okay, Sammy, you went aboard, Mm -hmm. you went right to the front, held on, held on, held on, and then just gave away at the end. Yeah. Do you think that pound, the the less weight at the end is going to be enough to keep this horse uh, in front and not give away the lead? I, I think sustainability helps with that. Like that's, that's kind of what goes through my mind. It was like, maybe they took Sammy off. It's like, okay, well let's get the bug boy on him. Yeah. Let's try to get a little less weight on him. Let's go or on her and, and see if she can hold off 
the oncoming traffic that's right behind her yeah. come that time. We're going to go to the front again. You're going to get the lead. And all you have to do is just sit there and just run the fractions that we tell you. Mm-hmm. Right. But you're going to have less weight. So maybe this horse is going to sustain a little bit more. There should be a wire job, right? It's moving up in class 32,000 to 53,000. So a little bit of a jump, but I think Gabriel's probably going to be get the word to just go ahead and take her out. She's moved from the 10 hole to back. Uh, she came out of the 10 hole in a mile race at Tampa and was right there consistent on the outside albeit uh, mm. you know, parked in the three path the whole entire way. But now that they got a little speed underneath there and they obviously worked a nice three, uh, three furlong 37 and two uh, last time out on February 6th, yeah. they're going to gut out that gate, cut over and get to the lead. So you should see Gabriel go to the front and we'll see if he can sustain. And uh, maybe that uh, seven pounds actually makes the difference here. That's yeah. That's what yeah. I was trying to uh, just yeah. in my mind, I was wondering how much, cause I don't really know how much it makes a difference. Right. Yeah. Obviously you're taking experience away, right. Cause you got, a very proven jockey and Sammy Camacho, right? Sure. He absolutely owns Tampa. Yeah. But then you substitute him with maybe a little bit of a competitive edge, competitive edge on the yeah on the side of a jockey or an apprentice. I think it's more the barn change why why Centeno's not or Camacho's not on him. I think now that the barn change has changed over uh, from Red Oak Stable over to the Ludonato, I think I think the, now the trainer's got his connection guy wants to put an apprentice on is a good opportunity. I, I think uh, giving the kid a shot because part of me thinks even if you make the barn change because. Uh, he Camacho, still would stick with Sam. He's not in the I was going to say, Camacho's not even in the race. Correct. You would think you would, you would stick with the guy that's got the mounts underneath. That tells right? me he's you got the think. confidence in the bug boy. So, yeah. I, that's, yeah, yeah. Those are my questions. Yeah. Beaten favorite last time out as well. That last race, though, uh, for She's So Shit Sexy. speed figure, though, Dude, too. Yeah. 61 overall. But the the that race, I remember this race specifically because the winning order was She's a Nasty Girl, <laughs> She's So Sexy, and Undress were the top three finishers in that race. Um, and that's one you don't forget when uh, when you got three names uh, that are that similar. <laughs> Jason like, Beam was probably being called a pervert on Twitter <laughs> after announcing that one. <laughs> that's pretty awesome. Uh, let's get to the 10th race. 10th race, a mile and the 16th. It is the Sam F. Davis, grade three, purse of $250,000 for three-year-olds. This is the one that's going to get you uh, some points to go ahead and possibly see in the Derby. A uh, lot of strong competition in this race. And I started looking at, you know, Agate Road. I like mm-hmm. to say Agate instead of a gate road. Um, obviously, scratch out of the Holy Bull Stakes Day. Um, has been running mainly on the turf. And now, you know, we're switching over to dirt. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was something that I felt was in a better position last week. I'm not as strong this week. I think it's going to be a contender. It should be. I think it'll take to the dirt well. The workouts have been pretty strong on dirt. Um, but it's not going to be my ch- my top choice. I think it's your winner. You think it's his winner? I think, yeah, we'll talk about it, but go ahead. I, I want to take it. I really do, because I was so strong on it last week. But I look at two other horses that are in this race that I just I just feel a little more confident on, and I'm probably going to get a better price on. I like the 12, Elysian Meadows. That's Junior Alvarado for Bill Mott. This one's on the outside. I just don't like the post position, but the stretch out shouldn't be a problem, and the times have been great, and the workouts are decent. This horse is out of City of Light, and I, I'm expecting big things from the 12. I think also that West Saratoga, for some reason, this horse has just had, you know, the Breeders' Cup Futurity, just a terrible race at Keeneland, if you ask me. 11 lengths off with Gerardo Corrales. I hit him that day, thought I was getting a good price on a horse that, you know, just won the Iroquois and just didn't really do anything. Did bounce back in the Pasco. Seven furlong race is going to stretch out, but still, beaten by 12 lengths by Bookham Dano in that race, was never in it. Didn't, I, w- I wouldn't say it's a bad race for Tampa, but we're coming back to the Tampa surface. Uh, being 0 for 1 with a second, I'm going to give West Saratoga the, the better shot. So I'll go with the Gray Roan on top. So West Saratoga will be my top pick. That's going to be the 10. 12 is going to be a strong second. I can't leave the 6 off the ticket, as I said, which I think is a strong contender and made a lot of sense more last week than it did this week. 
And I'll go with the three Patriot spirit. Again, Sammy Camacho and uh, Michael Campbell. This could be an upset one, winning a, a non-graded stakes race last time out with a 93 speed figure, stretching out, and uh, has already beaten uh, a couple in this race, has lost to West Saratoga. So, well, it'll be another matchup for them too. But those would be my tops. I'm just going to go with the... 10 on top of the 3612. We almost had the same exact horses. You like maybe the in different orders. Well, I mean, then you had one horse that I didn't have. So probably um, the three. Yeah, the three. <laughs> <laughs> so I've got the six on top. Um, okay. that, that trainer scratch that we were actually literally scratching our head, like, why did they scratch this horse? We, you said it was a trainer scratch. It was like weird. Because we thought I, I was high on the horse, and I was like, okay, now it makes sense. Yeah. They're targeting at a different race, a softer field, I think. Todd uh, pulled them. Yeah, yeah. I think just a better opportunity for the horse to actually totally. make a splash. Yep. This makes a lot more sense to me, and it actually makes me feel a lot better about picking this horse. I mean, if you listen to last week's podcast, I'll just go ahead and spit out everything I spit out this week or that week. <laughs> yeah, just um, go back to last week. Yeah, just listen to what I said last week. I mean, this horse is very, <laughs> very much in the mix, right? If you're looking at the ability of this horse and you look at the field this horse is ridden in the grade one it's ridden in the grade two and again just like i said before this reminds me of the horse from fairgrounds where brian hernandez was on a horse that horse that we said oh maybe we should discredit it because it's in a weird race weird mm-hmm. spot comes out and wins the race that's where i think this horse is i think this horse is going to have a great run i think that you're going to see jose this is probably why he's coming to tampa and he's not staying at gulfstream like his brother yeah um is because he's got a big opportunity here and i'm going to take this horse on top so i'm gonna have the six um i have the the only horse that you didn't mention that uh i guess that we're different on is the nine i think change of command with uh shug mcgahee tyler gaffleon yeah they're doing yeah. a lot with this horse. Um, the one thing I like to see is that, right, they're, they're throwing the blinkers on. I um, think they might improve with the blinkers. I think they will as well. Keep this horse focused. Keep this horse on the task at hand. They know they're going to go out to the front. They know they're going to try to push the fractions, right? This horse does not want to care about what's going on to the left or right. Just wants to keep his eyes on the prize um, and downfield. So I like that horse. I think it's an interesting move to put the blinkers on. I think that it's a good move and a, and a very smart move by Suge here. So I have the nine underneath. I have the 10 as West Saratoga. I love this horse. Um, I think I called this horse last year um, is one that I was looking yeah. at. Yeah, you did. Um, Jesus Castanon is a great jockey um, when it comes to Tampa, right? He, he's always making good runs. He's always one that you want to keep on the card. You want to keep an eye out for. Um, again, second start off the layoff. I think you're definitely going to see an improvement. Another horse that's ridden against a very, very stout class. Um, and he's coming into this field. So I think we'll make a splash as well. And then I obviously have the 12 as well. Junior Alvarado, Bill Mott is never going to be a combination. I'm leaving off my card. Yeah. Um, horses two for two. Had Lascano aboard for the two mounts. Um, in my opinion, you're getting a step up in jockey. You're getting Junior Alvarado um, with that crazy connection. So I'm going to have that one underneath as well. But I really think Agate Road is going to take it home for us here in this 10th uh, this race. Yeah, like I said, uh, it makes sense. I know we strongly looked at all the races because we handicapped every race last week. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, Takayo, they beat uh, Agate Road, came in third in the Kitten's Joy uh, last week. Yep. So finished out third. So how that transfers over for this horse running against these, it's it's probably a, a better field, I, w- I would say. Mm-hmm. So it probably has a probably bodes better chance here for Agate Road to, to win this win this race. When it comes to Tampa, I'm trying to look at, at prices. So mm-hmm. I'm trying to find a way to beat 
Uh, I guess the one that seemed a little more obvious, I think the three is probably a definite stretch call. Uh, I like your pick with the nine. I think change of command makes a lot of sense for Shug McGahee and Tyler Gaffleyon. It's just, it's a big kind of class move when you got a lot of horses that have been running in grade three and non-graded stakes mm-hmm. races. And you know, this other horse is breaking his maiden after four tries and optional claiming 75. But the workouts are nice and it's out of into mischief. So you got to respect uh, the connections and the breeding. It's a tough race. It's a very tough. It's race. a very tough race. I don't think you can go in any direction. I think you can make an argument for a majority of the horses in this race, and looking at the fields that they've ran against and, and who they've beaten. So, uh, tough one, tough one to put uh, before the last leg of the pick five. But let's move on to the last race. Eleventh race is a mile on the turf. It's an allowance fifty three thousand condition purse of fifty three thousand dollars. This one's going to be for fillies and mares four year olds and up which have never won a race other than maiden claiming or starter, which have never won two races. So these other than races, these are another crap shoots here. I've got four horses and I'm going to box them again. I'm not going to take a top choice here at this point. I'm probably going to wait and see how the, uh, see how the track holds up early in the, in the day. And then uh, probably make a decision from there, but I'll start with talking about the 12, which may be my top pick. That's double Cosmo girl. This is Jose Alonso and Luis Miranda teaming up small bar and eight horses, but 30% win percentage one out of eight, but hitting the board half the time at 50%. Uh, what I do like about this horse is it is on the turf. It's going to go a mile. It's what the two races. The last two races have been ran a similar condition last time out <clears throat> lost by a length came in second at 10 to one, probably going to get closer to that, probably less than that this time around. But I just think you're running in similar class, uh, same, same class of a race, similar class of horses here uh, from what it ran against last time. So I'm going to take the 12, not going to leave that one off the ticket and may actually put that one on top. I'm going to mix it in here with the three. I like the three royalty interest. Uh, that's Vincent Shemino is having a fantastic uh, last week. Ed. And I think uh, he has a good chance here uh, with a horse that broke its maiden at 32,000 and then uh, ran a non-graded stakes race for 150,000. Now bringing him back down to allowance 53 condition. I think it fits better here. The distance obviously fits good. Speed figure of 84 and 70 should improve off that last workout for Chad Brown and uh, should be in the mix. I think the seven's going to be tough as well. I do like tap it up. This is Jose Batista. Uh, this one, if you're looking at the, at the statistics here, look at the last race, ran against a couple of these already and uh, came in fourth, second and third to two of the horses in this race. Similar field, same class, 78 uh, speed figure in that race. Just wish it would have uh, timed it a little better, made an early move after an, uh, kind of an inconvenient bump at the start. And then I also like classic vinyl, which is the nine. This is uh, Michael Sanchez for Graham Motion. This is one that's going to be coming off the pace, probably sitting at least fourth and fifth, maybe mid pack, but should have a late kick. I like the last time it raced uh, on a route mile on the 16th. Again, similar condition allowance, 53,000 condition, same as this with an 80 speed figure and was moving pretty heavy. Just missing last time out. First time for uh, Michael Sanchez actually in the irons. Going to get his second trip out. Workouts have been decent. Last one was 49 flat for four furlongs on January 11th. That's the kid's birthday. So that'll be my mix where I'm putting who on top. I'll decide on race day, but 12, nine, three, seven would be my top four. Pretty impressive that Batista has time to uh, do movies, wrestle and the yeah. jockey. All the He's got a new guardians movie coming. Yeah. Up there too. That's pretty crazy. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I like your picks. I, I, I think this, or this race is, is very wide open. Um, I think that there are a lot of horses that can be, players in this one i also was not surprised that you had vincent uh Chimino in your uh your box 
as yeah. well. I mean, it's seems like anytime he's on the card, he's probably underneath somewhere in your cards. So. Yeah. I love the kid. Yeah, Solid. you do. Yeah, you do. Um, I, I like all your picks. I, I do. I think, it, like I said, I think it's wide open. I had the 11 as my top pick. So again, back to the Jesus Castanon um, train. Like I just mentioned before, he's a, he's a jockey that goes hard every single time. Um, I like that last trip out right with uh, Daniel Centeno. Obviously, just breaking its maiden in that class, I think, is something to note. But this horse was way back, right? I mean, it was eight lengths back at the start of the race and one by half a length. So there's a lot of uh, turn of foot that you're seeing there within that race. I think that if you put this horse a little bit closer, like you were in the last race, right, prior to that, um, only lost by a neck, but obviously was right there the entire time and led the way. So uh, I like what I'm seeing there in the last two races. Uh, finally getting the job done in the last one, but I think put this horse closer, maybe not in the front, but just off the lead. I think it will have enough legs um, to come down and win. I also have underneath, um, so I have the 11 on top. I have the one with Daniel Centeno, so I thought it was interesting, right? He's on a different horse now. He's on a horse that he's been on the last two mounts. Again, another horse broke its maiden, um, but also increased the speed figure to an 88, which is a career best last time out. So they found the winning formula, set a stalking trip. I thought that was pretty impressive. Uh, ran against some pretty fast fractions too. So was able to close on that uh, foe at the time. Uh, so I don't know if he's going to get that kind of fraction again to run into. Uh, I don't know if it's going to be that easy of a pull away like they were last time, but um, it's going to be right there as well. And then I have the two underneath, uh, Charlie Marquez. Uh, is a jockey that I always keep an eye on when I'm looking at Laurel um, or if it's, what is it, Laurel? Um, what's the other one? Pimlico. Pimlico, yeah. He's, he's a jockey that uh, when he's hot, he's hot, and he's a jockey that you want to keep an eye on. This horse is uh, in the last three races, two for the last three Um with the same similar trip, stalking, waiting for its time, and then pulling away. I think that's the winning formula. They broke like shit last time. Um, obviously, stepping up a little bit um, in class, but obviously, again, if you break like shit and you don't have the position, you're not running the race you're typically used to, um, you're not going to get the result you want. So I think this is going to be a nice spot for the the connections here and Charlie Marquez to, again, sit in the stocking trip, break well from the rail, have the position you want, and then be right there down the stretch as well. So I landed on the 11 with the 1-2, uh, but again, I think this is a wide open one. So if you had the option to hit yeah. all in the last race, I would do it because yeah. it's very difficult to land on a winner. We've got seven horses in that race. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, there's a lot of horses in this one that, uh, I, that think I, think a, I think it's the first race we didn't have any... Uh, Duplicates or something. Yeah, no, uh, no overlap. No overlaps on there at all. Interesting, but that's that race should be it, right? At the end of the day, looking at that race, I mean, you're guaranteed to get a price. I think for yeah. the pick five, I think yeah. you're guaranteed to get get paid, even if it's chalk for the first couple of races. Yeah, you got a great. I don't care who you got in this last leg. You're getting going money, into yeah. it. You're you have a great chance to. Is a prop bet. What do you think the the more uh, the favorite's going to go off at in this last race? What odds uh, do you think the favorite's going to go off? I'm thinking three to one. I I almost want to say like five to two. All right, book it, mark it. Yeah, I'll go five to two. I think I think the twelve is probably going to be your best option for for favorite too from the from the outside post. That may actually that that may be wide. I mean, you're barely below me, but three. To, I'm on a three to one. I think three to one is going to be five yeah, to two. Just, just off. You're probably you're probably really close. All right. I can't see anybody having any advantage here. From a, I don't think any shorter than that. I don't think I would be surprised if uh, I saw anything short. It's a beautiful betting race if you're doing yeah. verticals. 
this might be a one that if uh, you go winless all day, you might just bet them all for a little uh, $5 win bet for all the horses just to get on the board. Just box those seven we gave you for the uh, (laughs) super high five. (laughs) That should pretty much do it. Uh, That's your late pick five at Tampa for this week. Uh, for the Sam F. Davis, going to be uh, an interesting card overall. I think the later you go, the more difficult the, uh, the races get, including, yep. including the uh, the Derby prep. Other than that, probably well, we a Bucks game. Mm-hmm. So it'll be a nice. Bucks game. Yeah, looking forward to the looking forward to the the game. That'll be fun. Yeah, good, good seats. seats. Be seats. fun. It'll be a good good time. Great seats. You're mm-hmm. gonna be. Fe- Feeling sweat coming off these guys <laughs> from where we're sitting. Smelling Giannis's fucking hot breath. <laughs> uh, is it Minnesota they play? Yeah. Yeah, that should be a good game. Minnesota's uh, actually, I think, third overall in the West. Yeah. So, and the Bucks have been really struggling. They get Doc Rivers out there. They won a game with Doc yet? Uh, they just can't. They did that. Um, they had that comeback against Dallas. They were down by like 30. Yeah. And they ended up coming back. And did they lose to Phoenix yesterday? I they don't know. I'm yeah. not sure. Probably. They were, they were down by like 13. I saw a stat. Somebody posted it was like, Doc's in mid-season form already. He's only three <laughs> games into the season. He's losing. <laughs> he lost his first three games. Uh, listen, that's tough for a coach to come on board and uh, take a five, six-game yeah. West Coast trip on the road. I would love to see uh, Anthony Edwards dunk all over Giannis tomorrow, though. That would be pretty cool. Well, you may be able to see it. Mm-hmm. We'll see what happens. Uh, other than that, um, more Derby prep races you know, in the next following weeks. Mm-hmm. Special guests coming on. Make sure you tune in every week. Appreciate all of our listeners and all of our followers. Keep shooting at us on Twitter. X. Reach out. Give uh, give the kid that private message. Yeah, I need the money. For the app. I Let's need the capital the, investment. Keep million dollar yeah. idea. All the guys with money. Well, so if Elio fun. keeps winning these tournaments, I might just Joe, pitch my idea. Fire. I might just pitch my ideas to Elio. Kids on fire hit two pick fives <laughs> last week. Yeah, two pick. I yeah, hit the early pick five and the late pick five. I uh, had a couple five hundred dollar doubles. Yeah, doubles double was pretty nice. Yeah. I know he walked away pretty clean, and he's killing it on hockey. Yeah, hockey's back in full form. Yeah. This guy's having a, the betting year that I dream of. Twenty twenty four is really good. Yeah, we gotta we gotta move maybe out to uh, Massachusetts and get a little bit closer here. Yeah, well, we'll hook up pretty soon with them. Other than that, hey, uh, everybody, thank you very much for listening. We'll see you next week. Two.